JV Knowledge Podcast Network. On episode 77 of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about InsureTech tooling with Greg Murphy from Instanda. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives in specific tech we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Super Bowl weekend. Uh, Rob Galbraith, who you rooting for? I gotta go with the Rams. My my man Matt Stafford, you know, is a long suffering Lions fan. We will live vicariously through through our man Matt. Yeah, but it's tough to not cheer for Joey B. I mean, what a great story! So <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joey B, otherwise known as Joe Burrow, spelled B U R R E A U X, because I am from South Louisiana, and we renamed his uh, last name for him. Uh, Joey B is going to, you know, with his hometown team, it's hard not to root for that story. You know, it's like hometown kid, hometown team coming back home to be a pro. And the Bengals have sucked since the eighties. You know, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Joey B. I mean, just to be really clear, I do love Matthew Stafford. I do love that. It's two former sec quarterbacks playing each other, you know, Georgia playing, uh, playing LSU, but you know, it's uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a competition. I think I think that the Bengals fans will outnumber the Rams fans, even though it's being hosted in the Rams stadium. I'm just going to say it right now. Pretty sad. Yeah. L.A. just doesn't show up for their teams like that, like like most towns do. And I think I think the Bengals are. Yeah, they've been they've been in a drought so long. I think they're going to travel. Uh, Greg, do you, you have a got Greg Murphy here with Instanda. Um, Greg, do you have a pro team you care about? Well, of course, being from Minnesota, the Vikings, we, we bleed purple up here. So yes. Yes, the Vikings are everything to us. Yes, they are. And you have a beautiful stadium up there. It's, uh, yeah. You got rid of the bubble dome and uh, you, you went to something that resembled the Viking warship. And uh, exactly. yeah, big steel spire. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, cool, uh, pretty cool stadium. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Of course, you went to University of Minnesota. You've got. Uh, do you guys still have the uh, Western Michigan coach the, over there at uh, Minnesota? We do. We do. Is he is he is he rowing the boat? Is that still his thing? Yep. Row the boat. That's still his thing. <laughs> I love yep. I love that he he like started this slogan at Western Michigan, and then he like took the slogan with him, and then and Western <laughs> Western's like, yeah, but that's our slogan. He's like, no, no, that goes with me. And I'm like. Oh, oh! Like rowing the boat is your thing. His name is PJ Flack. He's a, he's a an interesting interesting coach. I mean, that tends to be a winner. So uh, I, don't yeah, know. I have a, I have a son that attends the University of Minnesota right now, and he has he has a big oar yeah. in his dorm room to row the boat. <laughs> yeah, which was not a thing at Minnesota before he got it there. Not, yeah, no, it was not at all. No, people dislike it, man. It's it's interesting. So, so Greg Murphy's up in uh, Minnesota, don't you know? Uh, he's in uh, in Minneapolis, not in St. Paul. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk all about tooling for InsureTech um, in just a minute. But just a reminder, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast because if you're watching this live stream, the video on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, um, you can subscribe to the audio version by texting geek out, G-E-E-K. 
O-U-T, geek out to 66866. Make sure you never miss an episode. Uh, again, we've got Greg Murphy from Instanta. Greg, you uh, you appear to be a Minnesota born and raised. Like you, you got your bachelor's from University of Minnesota. I mean, did your grad work in Minnesota? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you you you're still in Minnesota. So you are you a, are you a diehard you know purple blood Minnesota guy whole life? I, I would say pretty well. I've lived here my whole life. Uh, I have I have flirted with the idea of moving several times. Usually in and, uh, February or March, probably. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and and in fact, I almost did it one time. I almost went and moved to the Bay Area, and uh, and because I worked for Oracle for a few years, and so, um, but it, I, you know, it's just it was just really hard to move. Plus, um, the uh, the roots, family roots that we have here are are really really deep. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you you had an you've had an interesting career uh, across uh, financial services, technology, insurance, and so I thought we would start with that before we dump into Instanda and and what what you guys do there. Um, you were at American Express for a long time with their financial advisors group uh, for a long time, eighty eight to ninety nine, so eleven years, and then you went to to Oracle for a couple of years, uh, more than a couple of years, um, then uh, Thrivent Financial, uh, you know. Ameriprise. I mean, so you spent a lot of time in the financial services business. Um, what was the big lesson learned from that? Uh, like, what 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 your big takeaways from your career in financial uh, financial services? Well, you know, it's when I think back about over the last thirty years. So yes, it's been it's been thirty years. Um, I have had just an, an amazing tour of duty in in sort of each discipline of financial services. So I, I kind of grew up in wealth management, as you, as you mentioned. With uh, what is now the company called Ameriprise, and uh, and and then I and then I spent another tour of duty more in the life insurance and annuity side of the of the business, and then over the last decade I've been in the PNC world, and so uh, so each each corner of financial services they have their they have different things that are that are um, really the the problems are different the um, the the things that each area of financial services are trying to solve is different and and the systems are different and so the the the, the one kind of major lesson if i kind of connect it to um to just technology in general across all these different disciplines is that insurance is definitely the the, the sort of long pole in the tent there's sort of the last bastion out there of of uh of the of the insurance or of the financial services industry to really become digital and to really begin to automate and to really uh, begin to think about using different data sources and things like that to to um, affect the way that really the end insured experiences this part of the financial services industry, especially when you compare it to sort of the other end of the spectrum, which like equities or you know it's we think nothing now of just going online and making a trade. Right, right, right from our phone or from our, our desktop. But in the insurance world, it's amazing how uh, there's still quite a bit of paper and there's still quite a bit of stapling that goes on and quite a bit of mailing. So it's the it's the last holdout in financial services. Yeah, it's uh, a, a strange uh, coincidence of the sheer amount of legal language, although there's a ton of legal language around financial instruments as well. I mean, just boatloads, and they've been able to work through that. Uh, we 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 are we are uh, uh, pretty steadily uh, digitizing insurance, but uh, it is definitely lagging. Of course, if you look at spending on technology as a percent of 
premium or as a percent of revenue, banking is beating insurance. And I think that's I think there's no mistake why um, insurance is lagging on digitization behind banking because they're 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 spending less for every dollar revenue than banking is. And so there's uh, although we're seeing that uh, that that uptick. So what what led you um, from you know Voya Life over to Berkeley? Um, to understand it, like what was the path to your current company? I was, um, I was really, I was, I've always been kind of that that business guy in the technology world, right? So I've always been that person that that really thinks about what exactly are we trying to do, what exactly are we trying to change, and and what is the uh, what are what are all the sort of non-technology pieces of that that go go along with a technology implementation? And I've always kind of been that person, so. Um, so I, I, along the way, I've met some just really incredible people. And as I was working through uh, a pretty transformational process at Voya in the underwriting space, uh, a really good friend of mine uh, called me up and said, hey, if, if, if you haven't spent much time in the PNC world, you have to. Because talk about a, a, an industry that really, really needs <clears throat> business thought and business transformation. And... Uh, and I happen to have a role that I really think you'd be to be really good at, at at a major PNC firm, and so I just I took the leap and uh, and I, I dove into PNC and wow, what what an amazing industry! Um, so much, so much incredible technologies, so many things that are possible, and so much work left to do to be able to to really bring value not only to the to the insurance side of it, but the end consumer, the business user. I mean, there's just just an amazing um, set of things to do in this industry. Completely agree. I mean, I've I uh, I stumbled into PNC uh, years ago and and fell in love with the uh, the the problem set, the challenges that it's facing. So let's talk about what Instana does. It looks like you are at, at the heart. It looks like a policy management system, but uh, tell tell me what it what it what it actually does. Sure. Well, Instanda. I'll first of all start with the name. Um, Instanda. The, the it, that was it was really meant to mean that you can instantly stand up products, right? And therefore the name Instanda. And so really, what we do, the problem, the reason that Instanda was actually formed by our founders, is they are ex insurance executives, and they were were always faced with this problem of. I want to get business done quickly. I want to get to the white space in the market, but it takes me so long to do to do that. And they just got sick of this idea of every time they wanted to put a new market in or put a new product in the market, that they would go to their IT teams and they, the answer they would get back is, well, we can, first of all, get in line, right? And second of all, yeah, we can have that thing done for you in about 18 months. And they said, they just there's just got to be a better way. So, um, so, Hence the birth of Instanda. And what Instanda is, is that it is a platform, all SaaS-based platform, where you can design insurance products from scratch, design your underwriting journey, design any type of rating or rules that you want to put into that product, put the product on an admin system, and you can also distribute it to as many different audiences with as many different looks and feels as you want. It's, uh, it's really what I would call sort of a modern way to think about policy administration, because not only are you thinking about the back end, making sure that that is configured correctly, but then you're making that front end flexible to distribute it in any way possible. So billing, payments, uh, qu billing quote, and payments quoting, 
uh, billing and payments are not currently part of the platform. No, that's, those two items are on our roadmap for 2022. Uh, right now, we are focused on the policy journey. Yeah, so you definitely get into like web-based self-quoting, et cetera? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. What, what, what do you think you're doing that um, technically, because I, I want to, I know, you, I know you're in sales, but, but let's, 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 let's just say, what do you think you're doing technologically that's enabling you to move so much faster than the, than the traditional policy systems? There's one thing that is just, that's really transformational for us. And that is we are a, we're a no code platform. We don't sort of start with a, a login screen with a bunch of tabs and rows and columns and, 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 pre-built database structures that already exist around insurance. It's a no-code platform that allows, no-code platform that has insurance objects in it that allows the insurance end user to construct the product using insurance type of technology or and, and terminology. And, and what follows from that are all of the back office capabilities that you need, the front, the front office distribution, and then the data structure is created by the product that you put in place. So from a technology perspective, what we're really doing is we're actually coding the platform as the end user starts to make decisions about what the scope of the project needs to be. And that's that's how we're able to move so quickly because uh, if anyone's ever experienced, any, and I'm sure those in the audience here have, have, have uh, experienced doing a policy administration implementation, right? It's um, a bear. It's a ton of money. It's a bear. These are these are very difficult projects, and um, and there's a reason. It's because insurance is complicated, and it wants to be very organized. They want that back office to be super organized, and the reality is is that the the platforms the 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 platforms that are historical that are out there, the legacy platforms, um, they're built to really serve that back audience, and so they have insurance data structures in place. So when you come with a good idea and a different market and a niche that you want to get into, what you end up doing from an implementation perspective with a historical platform is you end up looking at what's there and figuring out what you have to change, right? So you spend a lot of time kind of turning things off and redoing data structures. And, and it's, it's a little bit like remodeling a house, right? And, and within Standa, you start from a white sheet of paper. You start from scratch and you basically say, look, what is it that you're trying to build? What do you want the journey to be like? What do you want the rules to be? And as you create that, your offering is built for you, both the front end and the back end. And that lends itself very, very well, especially especially in the specialty markets where what you're trying to do is something very unusual to what's happening today in the market. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, Greg, I know you... Um were actually a customer of Instanda before you joined the company. And I think sometimes that's um, like, you know, the, the best way to, to, you know, be able to articulate the, uh, the value um, of the, the platform. So maybe you could share a little bit about your experience kind of using it and why you became such an evangelist um, before joining the company. Uh, what motivated you or, or what benefit did you experience uh, personally that kind of led you to say, hey, this is a company I want to work for? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Rob. In fact, I've, I've tried to find a way to steal that. Remember that old phrase that the, um, the guy that had the hair business, right? I'm not only a I'm not only a customer, I'm, <laughs> I'm a client. Also the, or I bought the company, yes. <laughs> I bought the company or whatever. Um, so it's a little bit of my story. Um, so a few years ago, I was actually leading 
uh, a policy administration strategy for a major for a major firm. And it's where I discovered Instanda, and I started to use it in specialty lines. And my experience was so transformational for the teams I was working with and for me personally that I, I was just, I fell in love with the technology. And so the way that manifested itself was the first product that I experienced, we had a challenge to put a um, to product into the marketplace. And an IT team had delivered an estimate of nine months to get this product in. And I sat down with a team of people, about half a dozen people. We sketched it out on the whiteboard. We invited the Instanda team in. We had the product in production in six weeks. And I had just never experienced anything like that before. And so, so we started with one, we did a few more. And, and really what ended up happening is that um, we, we discovered over time that if you really, really plan out your specialty lines products and you plan them out around the business cycle, you can very, very quickly and easily not only put products in the market, but then change them to fit what's going on in the market, change it very rapidly. And you can brand them differently based on the different audiences that you have, right? So you might have a core product that makes sense for five different audiences. And it's very, very easy with our tools to have each audience have a completely different experience, even different underwriting rules for each audience, right? And so, um, so I started using that platform like that and was just transformational for any of the, the folks that were using it and touching it. And throughout that process, I got to know our, our CEO really well and Standa. And he sat down with me one night and said, how would you be interested or would you be interested in coming to lead the North American expansion? And that's what I did. So let's talk about what allowed you to actually get it up and running. Like you mean you were able to quote and bind in, in, in just a few weeks? Like legitimately from the from the inception of the project. I mean, m- most policy systems take years to implement, and sure, and and really hit a lot of friction around states and lines. Right, state and line inspection is the 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 biggest uh, bugaboo. You can build a product on Instanda, and you the the, t- the capabilities that you get um, out of the box with our platform are really any of the insurance capabilities that allow you to rate, quote, bind and issue and service that policy, right? So within Standa, that's the set of capabilities that you've got. And so, yes, I mean, you can, a lot of times our our customers, they will hand us a, uh, an underwriting manual and say, these are the rules that I need to implement. And with our no-code platform, you can take those rules. You can, you can really orchestrate them directly within our, our product build capability. You can flesh out your underwriting journey that you would like. And within a matter of weeks, you're doing a full kind of rate quote bind issue and service process. Because it's a SaaS platform and it's a multi-tenant environment, it's all done for you. There's one version of Instanda uh, and every all of our clients are on that same version of Instanda at all times. And so you also don't have to worry about these long upgrade processes with a lot of legacy platforms that are out there. So um, it's it's very transformational in the way that that it works. Um, now, James, your your point about about states and, and things like that, it all depends on the product that you're building. So, so state if you have to if you're building a 50 state product, 
and you have to take into account each state and each of their um, each of their rules. Now that's going to add a few weeks to your project because you do have to build that state by state journey. But the as is when you compare it to some of the legacy platforms that are out there, these are not year and a half projects. In fact, our average project size or project length, I would say, is about twelve weeks. And we um, we when when I arrived here about a year and a half ago, we had two customers and in North America. And we now just, as of today, we just signed our 23rd customer in the last year and a half. And and several of those implementations have taken really less than three months. Yeah. So I think our longest implementation over the last year and a half has been about it, about six months. Yeah, that's a, that's a total game changer. Uh, Rob? Yeah, Greg, um, I, I'm curious. So you've talked about kind of traditional monolithic um, systems. Obviously, there's different kind of uh, flavors out there. There's kind of your traditional that might be a, a COBOL or Fortran. James, you've talked about, and I have talked about those types of systems, uh, you know, at length in, in previous podcasts. Uh, there's obviously, you know, some of the guide wires, duck creeks, and, and other systems like that that have really become popular over the last uh, decade or so. Um, so maybe you can just kind of compare and contrast, you know, how Instanda compares to some of those, and then maybe give our listeners just a sense for, you know, is this something that might live alongside those uh, larger systems? Uh, I, I know, for instance, I've, I've been in that seat where um, having, you know, a larger system that worked great for kind of um, traditional business lines, but then wanting to introduce new lines, and it was almost always a seven-figure uh, amount in a year or more to implement those and being quite frustrated uh, by, you know, kind of product, really being stuck from a product innovation standpoint um, to, you know, offer more kind of tailored niche products. So maybe you can just, you know, are, are, are you the right solution for all manner of products or are there a certain kind of niche and do you sit alongside some of those traditional systems? Do you replace them? Just give our audience members a, a sense for, you know, where, where do you fit in the tool belt? Well, Rob, I think, I think you just kind of hit the, the nail on the head. So uh, I will, um, I'll, I'll kind of use your, your um, intro there to, to really start the, the story here. So if I compare and contrast Instanda to some of um, some of the large platforms like the Duck Creeks and the um, Guidewires and Majescos, things like that, I would say that the major difference is that those particular platforms, um, they really handle a lot of the, the traditional lines and they have a lot of pre-built structures for those, for those traditional lines, right? So I, I sort of call those aircraft carriers and when you need an aircraft carrier, those those platforms are great aircraft carriers. They are. Um, they do that job very very well. Um, by contrast, I would I would say that Instanda is more of a cruiser, right? So when you want to introduce a new line, when you want to open a new business, when you want to get into a specialty line that has either never been created before, or um, or you want to add a specialty line to to your current infrastructure. Um, or probably a space where we're seeing a lot of growth is if you're an MGA and you really want to create a, a new business model that, that really mixes not, not only insurance concepts, but, but all sorts of data concepts and, and even things like telematics concepts, right? So um, if you are any of those types of companies, dealing with an aircraft carrier is not going to get to the, get you to the market quickly, right? So the, the, the Instanda sort of cruiser metaphor here is 
we can move very, very quickly because we actually don't have um, a lot of the constraints of the larger platforms. So we don't have pre-built data structures. We don't have, you know, pre-built screens and forms and things like that. So it's very, very easy to quickly assemble that in the manner that you need it exactly for your insurance product. And that goes very, very quickly when you know what you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank, thanks for, uh, for, for lining that out. Um, <clears throat> Where where are y'all going next? Like you you're you're really are you, you said that it's roadmap to deal and go tackle with uh, with billing and payments. Um, what, what's what's long term on the roadmap for this uh, for this product? I mean, are you are you aiming to to com- to legitimately compete against Guidewire, Majesco, Duck Creek? I mean, the big the big uh, you know legacy monolith uh, policy policy administration systems. Yeah, so I would say that we are, uh, to, to, to Rob's point earlier, we, we are really designing our strategy to come alongside those platforms, really to, to pull up alongside a, a, a Guidewire or a Duck Creek or a Majesco, uh, because we actually excel at things that they don't and vice versa. They excel at things that we don't. And so so our strategy, we really have three markets that we that we focus on. Um, one market, as I've already mentioned, is if, if you are in a large insurance company and you were trying to get a specialty product out, we are a great platform to do that because we remove all those those current shackles that you might have by trying to deal with a traditional platform. So some of our large insurance customers that we have, um, they use us in a product line or a division or things like that where um, they might already have another policy admin system, but they use us for this line. The, the second market that we're competing in is the MGA market. We do a fantastic job of spinning up MGAs very, very quickly and handling all the flexible different requirements that those those MGAs have. The third market for us is one that is more emerging, and that is what I would call the mid-tier insurance market, where uh, these folks need a, a, you know, think about an insurance company that is anywhere from uh, 50 million to, to a half a billion dollars, right? So that that size, where they need a they need a, a full platform. They might have something today. Some some of them are even using SharePoint, right, to, to issue their business. Um, they need a platform, but they also need policy billing and claims. They need all three of those things. And so, on our roadmap this year, we will be adding billing and claims as a turnkey solution to those mid tier insurance companies. And and these are the folks that they don't have five years and you know fifty million dollars to devote to a, a very large insurance. Uh, platform, what they need is is something that will handle the four or five lines of business that they have and will allow them to really digitize in in today's market. And in most cases, I would say those those kind of mid-tier insurance companies, they seem to fit in a couple of different categories. Um, one is they they have a very, very old platform that um, it just needs to be replaced. I mean, the, the bottom line is they just they have to do something, right? That's that's one thing. Um, and then the other flavor is the type of insurance company that they currently have an ad, an admin platform. They've probably taken a swing at doing a a policy administration system over the last decade, but um, but it's really cost a lot, and it's really weighing them down, and it's not super flexible. So they're trying to go into different markets. They're trying to be something else, and they just need more flexibility. And so that's that's what we see in that mid-tier market. Yeah, I think that last point is a is a good one, Greg, of um, the flexibility that being a cloud-based solution, a SaaS provider, you know, you can now provide enterprise-level software to 
small to mid-sized companies that previously probably would have been priced out of that segment. And so just, you know, the nature of the architecture kind of gives them a much more robust um, solution than they, they previously probably were able to do. And, and they may have been struggling in any type of digital transformation journeys that they had planned to you know, replace some of those really archaic systems that they have. Uh, one of the things I'd love to have you comment on, um, so, you know, low-code, no-code solutions have really kind of um, become, you know, very, very popular. Uh, we had an episode recently kind of talking about the three years since uh, my book, The End of Insurance, as we know, it was published. Well, I don't mention, you know, low-code, no-code solutions in that book. So there's definitely kind of an oversight on my end, but I also think those uh, solutions have become increasingly popular since the publication of the book. A lot of these are, are what I would say industry agnostic um, that are out there. And so one of the things that really separates and stand is that you really are focused specifically on the insurance industry. So maybe you can give our audience members just a little bit of, you know, what does that mean to be um, kind of uh, specifically focused on insurance rather than maybe some of the more industry agnostic um, competitors that you have out there? The, the, the biggest difference between the agnostic no-code platforms and, and Instanda is that we have insurance objects within our platform that are, that are already created for you and you don't have to build those things from scratch. So I'll give you a, a good example of that. Um, out of sequence endorsements. If you're a PNC company and you've ever had to build from scratch an out of, out of sequence endorsements capability, um, you don't ever want to do that again if you've had to do that from scratch. Extremely complicated um, concept, right? And so because our platform is really focuses on insurance and it, it, it really is a collection of insurance objects, as you create your in insurance journey and your insurance product with our platform, it knows what you have to do. Our objects know what you have to do if you're going to renew that business. It knows what what you're going to have to do if you need to do an out of sequence endorsement. Um, it also knows that there's obviously a billing system coming up and a claim system you need to send things to. And it's, it sort of formats that information um, ready for that. There's also a lot of compliance and insurance, right? So we're, we, we're, we're aware of that and we make the compliance piece of this much, much easier. So um, the, 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 the bottom line within Standa as it relates to no code is that we're all about insurance and we compete um, ferociously with the other uh, no-code platforms. And I will tell you, it's, it's a really, really different experience if you're using a, a, a generic no-code platform and you're trying to build, um, you know, a, you would not want to build a policy admin system from scratch using a, a no-code platform. You just wouldn't ever want to do that. And, um, and so that's really where, that's, that's our value proposition is not only do you get to do whatever you want from a flexibility perspective, uh, to build that that experience, but then at the end of it, you have a fully functional, industrial strength policy admin environment, and and that's that that's the main difference. Awesome, yeah. Well, good good discussion. I mean, this is a different take on policy administration than we're seeing uh, across the board. Even even a lot of the very sophisticated insure techs we interview, when you really dig under the covers, have very traditional legacy policy administration systems, or they have a TPA who's actually doing policy admin using one of those legacy systems. So there's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really good to see somebody taking a different take on it. 
and, uh, and and approaching it from a low code perspective uh, rather than the, uh, the 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 methods that we've been seeing for the for the last twenty years in the industry. So thanks for uh, for joining us to talk about that. Um, I uh, we've, we've got a little bit of, of news if you'll hang on there uh, with us for, to, to talk about our InsureTech news and uh, Rob uh, and and my first one uh, InsureTech startup Insify. Uh, Insify, and if I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, they snapped up at their their Series A. So it's a uh, 15 million euro to try and expand across Europe. Um, they're going to, of course, hire more staff and expand the new markets across Europe. It was founded in 2020 to try and uh, make uh, insurance uh, simpler, faster, more affordable for entrepreneurs and SMEs across commercial insurance. Um, the, the whole goal, like many in InsureTech, is to get quotes much quicker. They're trying to get um, you know, small to medium enterprises to be able to get a business insurance quote in under two minutes, which is pretty uh, pretty aggressive. You know, usually it takes me a few weeks uh, to get my business insurance quoted, not uh, not a not a not a couple of minutes. It's a Netherlands-based company that builds proprietary and tailored insurance products. Uh, products are backed. Their policies are backed by Munich Re, and um, they uh, racked up fifteen hundred policies in their first year of commercial operations. So they've been out uh, landing some business and uh, they just raised some money to, to keep expanding across Europe. Rob? Yes. Uh, I, I think Insify, um, it, it's interesting, right? Uh, there's also Insurify right now. So the, the namings do get kind of confusing, but um, to your point about kind of that um, speed to quote, that's the type of thing we've been seeing in personal lines for a long time, right? Some people have tried to have like a 60 second quote, things like that, but to be able to pull that off on the commercial side is, uh, pretty impressive uh, if they're able to do it and in, to scale. So definitely one to follow for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, another in, in other news, Cruise and Mobilitas are providing autonomous vehicle insurance. Um, again, that's Cruise and Mobilitas. They uh, they said it's a first of its kind insurance program. They're they're brokered by Marsh, and uh, they're trying to design it to ensure superior claims experience for commercial autonomous fleet. Um, this is interesting. So they're building self-driving crews is building self-driving all electric vehicles. Um, and, uh, this was interesting and, and their director of risk at Cruise said their top priority is to deploy vehicles as safely and responsibly as possible. And they partnered with Mobilitas to create a custom insurance program that goes beyond normal. And so, uh, Look, this is yet another, you know, like sales announcement, right? But but what's interesting to me is the partnership between autonomous electric vehicles and insurance. We saw Tesla, uh, you know, acquire insurance companies and jump in. We saw Volvo on both their electric and non-electric side bundle insurance and the financing and the maintenance uh, all with one you know, one lease payment. So you just pay out, you just subscribe to a car and it comes with the maintenance and the insurance and right. It comes with and, 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 and you just pay one monthly fee. Really the car companies are trying to move to subscription car companies if they can. And uh, in, in this case as well, they're going to bundle, you know, autonomous self-driving vehicles with a specialty insurance product designed for those. And there's been a lot of questions about who's responsible if there's an accident you know, is it the driver? Is it um, is it a manufacturer's liability claim? Like, wh where does the claim fall? And so, I think you're going to keep seeing these specialty insurance programs where 
the the program covers whether the the driver's doing it or the machine's doing it. It's covered by one insurance policy. Um, so uh, pretty pretty interesting, uh, and I and I would expect to see more of this as uh, certain insurers might say we're not gonna we're not gonna write self-driving vehicles or we're going to assign an abnormally high premium to them. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I find that one interesting, James. And I remember this was a couple of years ago, um, Trove announced that they were insure Waymo. Um, so I, you know, I don't know the, the current status of that one, but I remember that one kind of caught my eye. Uh, Trove had really kind of made their name in terms of insuring uh, items and being kind of insurance that you could switch on, switch off, right? Maybe there's some jewelry or a camera you want to cover just for your trip and then, you know, for two weeks and then you, you take it off. Uh, but for them to, um, you know, partner with Waymo from an autonomous vehicle standpoint, obviously seemed like kind of a, a leap. But I found it interesting, even in this case, where it's not your traditional State Farm, Geico, Progressive, Nationwide, you know, USA, Farmers, et cetera, right? It's a, a new company. Um, and, you know, if I'm a, a really large uh, personal auto lines insurer, hey, autonomous vehicles, you know, it's probably going to be here a little bit later than we thought in terms of kind of a mass adoption. Obviously, we've seen some of the issues with Tesla self-driving and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, these do pose kind of a, a threat, a risk, um, you know, as these vehicles become uh, mainstays on the roadway uh, to the extent that that's a switching opportunity or could, to, to, you know, take away from revenue. I mean, the margins on this products are really, really low. Um, oftentimes it may be half the revenue for the company. That revenue supports a ton of expenses in terms of employees and systems costs that we've been talking about and other things. So. I see it as a threat, and I'm really surprised that we're not actually seeing a little bit more um, movement from some of those really large personal auto insurers to try to cover this risk, just to understand it better, so that they are positioned well, um, you know, if and and when that transition happens. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, Rob, what news do you have this week? Yeah, so uh, a couple of items that caught my eye. One in Coverager, um, State Farm Ventures expands that their investment fund to $200 million. They started with $100 million, and they were fairly late to the game as a corporate venture capital. They stood up in 2018, uh, which I know is behind several other uh, companies, uh, but they've had 21 investments to date, and obviously they're feeling that they're getting a return on their investment. And I know I've talked to a lot of startups over the years that have really um, had pilots and, and other engagement with State Farm. So uh, it, it seems to be uh, working so to see them kind of double down on the size of their corporate uh, venture capital fund, I thought was definitely uh, newsworthy. And then the other item I've got, uh, a great article uh, in the insurance journal uh, called 10 Emerging Risks to Watch. And uh, I encourage uh, listeners to, to, to read the full article for themselves, and I won't cover all 10 here, but um, cyber and political risk were the first two that they mentioned. And I definitely thought um, that you know those have been obviously hot items. Some of the losses on the cyber insurance side and huge incredible yeah um, yeah huge huge so um anyway definitely a lot of food for thought in that article the political risk side is kind of interesting cyber is actually kind of touches on that as well but uh, things like climate change and other things are, are you know really causing uh issues for a number of countries uh, both you know in the, the developing world as well as the developed world so um, anyway, a great list compiled by insurance journals. Encourage folks to check that out as they're thinking about the future of their business. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for bringing that news to us. Greg, uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, really fascinating approach to policy administration. And, uh, uh, you know, it is the first low-code solution for <laughs> the first low-code solution for policy that, uh, that we've had on the show. Uh, so congrats on being unique <laughs> because that's, uh, that's been a good conversation to have. And thanks for joining us from uh, the frosty northern wilds of Minnesota. Oh, you're welcome. This is a great discussion. And, uh, and we're, we're, um, we, are, we are groundbreakers, so we're happy to be here and we're happy to be the, the pioneers in this space. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you out there in listener land for joining us. This has been the InsureTech Geek podcast uh, powered by JB Knowledge. It's jbknowledge.com. All about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham. That's jamesbenham.com. Co-host Rob Galbraith, endofinsurance.com. Thanks to Jim Greenley, our podcast producer, Kara Daltonara, our creative producer. And thank you for joining us today. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride and geek out. See you next time.